There we go. Looks like I'm officially live now. Guys, what's up? Welcome into the After Review Podcast with Austin Cool. I'm so excited to go ahead and uh, share my takes this week. Guys, what a crazy week three. I got some hot takes fresh off the press. Wild, absolutely wild week three. We got a lot of finishes that I didn't expect, that I didn't even expect. A lot of teams that are actually showing that they might be better than we thought. Um, my, my first team, man, I'm just going to let it rip. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with this one. I'm just going to let this pod rip. Um, man, what about those Miami Dolphins? That is incredible. That was incredible to watch. Um, you know, first thing I got to say is kudos to Mike McDaniels. I was, you know, I headed to Charleston this weekend on the way there, on the way back. I was looking, I think it was actually more on the way back. You know, I just I watched a couple pods that, um, that had him as a guest. Coach Mike McDaniels of the Miami Dolphins. Um, watched a couple pressers that he had. Man, what an impressive guy. Graduated from Yale. I knew a little bit about him. He was the run up, you know, the run coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers a couple years ago. Transitioned to their offensive coordinator, worked under Mike uh, Kyle Shanahan. One thing I gotta say is, you know, try not to curse on this podcast, but he clearly has an idea of what the hell he's doing. I love to see it. Um, he is, you know, you talked about, you know, Tua. You know, I'm just in this first, I want to just talk about the first three or four minutes, just talk about the Miami Dolphins. But you know, Mike McDaniels was talking about Tua. He said, you know, man, said that they had he went through a lot, had almost zero confidence instilled in him. So I came in there and I just tried to instill confidence in this young quarterback. Clearly, Tua has some talent. I'm not a big lefty guy. He's not a really strong arm quarterback. I'm an old school guy. I love big strong arm quarterback quarterbacks, guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. But clearly, Tua has some talent. Clearly, there's something there that Josh, that uh, Mike McDaniel's can just work with, that can just create, just create a good atmosphere for him, and just give him success. Clearly, I mean, there's something going on there in Miami that is just working, and I will, I will walk back that take so hard. Now, do I think that Tua is just going to be, you know, Drew Brees? Probably not. Probably not. But do I think that with a good with a good coach, you know, clearly, like I said, Mike McDaniels just has an idea of how to be a head coach or at least an idea of how to run an offense. You know, there's a lot of skilled players on that defense. It looks like he's got a good defensive coordinator. I'm not going to lie. I don't even know the defensive coordinator's name. All I know is that Brian Flores had those guys locked in. Their defense was been has been good for a couple of years. But as long as Tua is surrounded by decent defensive players, he's Got some already high-paid wide receivers. Jalen Waddle's going to get the bag in a couple years. I want to see what that restructure is going to look like. But seriously, I mean, at least on some basic level, Tua's going to have some success. I love seeing that. Go Tua. Go the little guys. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm interested to see. I don't think that the Miami Dolphins can beat the Bills at their full strength. But... For right now, they have the tiebreaker. Now, they are going to have to play Buffalo in Buffalo. If I had to take a wild guess, I would bet the house money on the Bills because it's probably going to be cold. I don't think the Miami Dolphins are a good cold-weather team. They're a good team where they are in Miami. They play in the they play in the heat. They can just out-cardio, essentially, some of these other teams. But... You know, Josh Allen, it basically came down to, you know, the wide receiver should have run out of bounds to stop the clock. You know, I want to say one thing, you know, the offensive coordinator lost his mind in that. If I was a player, you know, I saw a couple guys on the NFL, you know, on Twitter, they said, and I I talk all about Twitter. I I say, 
that is the one social media that I actually stay fairly active on. And I will say when I say active, I mean I actually check it on a consistent basis, especially when the games are going on, because I want to see what NFL players are saying about their teams. I want to say, guys, you know, Josh Norman, Benjamin Watson, guys who used to play in the NFL, I want to get their takes because those are the guys who probably have either the best takes or the most accurate takes. And I am nothing if not someone who just wants to be invested in the NFL, wants to understand the NFL. Sorry, I'm gonna this is gonna drive me nuts. But there we go. But that's the one social media that I will probably stay fairly in tune with. I don't have any other social media. Um, I might get back in that game in a while, but we'll see. Um, but that said, you know, I was I, – and so that, that's why I'm trying to explain why I name drop Twitter a lot. I'm going to get back on track here. But, you know, I, I saw a couple guys, you know, they're talking about, you know, like, listen, man, if that was my offensive coordinator, I would love to see that because that's passion. You know, I get it. He gets heated. He loses his mind. Ken Dorsey. You know, I would just be happy. I would be happy too. You know, clearly my offensive coordinator just cares. You know, he gives a you know what. And that's what I would want to see as a player from my offensive coordinator. So that said, I'm not going to blow up on that. You know, I, I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, he's, he's over there tossing stuff, throwing stuff, breaking, breaking an iPad. But clearly, you know, Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator for the Bills, he just cares. And that's what I would want to see. Like I said, I'm just going to keep firing. You know, um, the one thing I want, you know, next thing I want to talk about, man, is I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. They looked terrible. Um, for most of that game, the, that that game, you know, dating back to, you know, they, they started off 8-0. They finished the season 3-6. and six. You know, I think, I believe they went 11-6. and six. I know they started off 8-0, um, either 8-0 or 7-0. But let's just say, you know, even, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They finished the season 3-5. and five. They lost their game. That's three and six. They have won barely, you know, this, they won one game this year. You know, they got, they got blown out by the chiefs. Uh, granted, they had a lot of practice squad guys on that team. I was the, one of the first people to say they, they lost and they should have lost, but they're one and two. So they have three and six, three and eight, they were four and eight since midway through the season last year. I, I'm, I, I'm out. I'm out on Cliff Kingsbury. I've been out on Cliff Kingsbury. For me, I love, you know, Kyler athleticism is something different. He is extremely special as a talent in this league. But excuse me if I want my quarterback to be able to see the see over the kitchen counter. He's a small guy. He's very injury prone. He, along with Cliff Kingsbury, is responsible for the, the late midseason collapses that they have. It's not like Cliff Kingsbury just all of a sudden starts calling different plays. Now there's clock management that goes into that. There's poor execution, poor situational awareness that goes into that. Just, we see this decrease once the middle of the season starts, man. And this is dating back all the Texas tech for Cliff Kingsbury, but Kyler's part of that. Kyler is part of the, you know, just a complete epic meltdown every single year since he's been there. So I'm, you know, I have to say, I mean, I'm out, I'm out on these guys. Cliff Kingsbury, Got out, could not coach his way out of a wet paper bag. I, you know, I granted he just got an extension. You just signed Kyler to big money. I think in the next, I think either this year or next year, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be gone. I think if he has a really bad year this year, it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for him. I think if he has a bad year this year and he starts, if he goes in, like, let's say he starts two and four next year, um, you know, three and five, he's done. He's out. 
Steve Kime's going to say, go, go, you're done. I, I can't, you know, I just, you know, you got to think about this. The guy got fired from his alma mater. I said this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again. He got fired from his alma mater. He got fired from Texas Tech. He had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback and had a losing record at Texas Tech. Now, if he had a 50-51 record as a head coach, it'd be a little different. He didn't. It wasn't like he barely squeaked. You know, he was barely squeaking by. And it's not like he... It's not like he barely was under 500. He was significantly under 500 with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Now, granted, Patrick Mahomes was viewed as a major project coming out of college, went to Andy Reid, but you just got to acknowledge I'm out. You know, you're, you got to be out on this guy. I don't believe in him. I don't want, I don't know why Steve Kine believes in him, the, the GM of the Cardinals, but all that said, I'm out. I'm out on the guys, man. They, I do not believe that they can create, you know, whether it's a one season or long term success for the Arizona Cardinals. And except for the couple of years, and again, I'm, you know, I'm just going to say it, except for the couple of years that Carson Palmer was there, the Cardinals have not been good. They have been a bad franchise. Now, they haven't been a dumpster fire franchise. They have not been like a horrible organization, but they have not been good. They are just not a good franchise. So I don't know if it's the owner. I don't know. I mean, Steve Kime is not, you know, he's not been there the whole time that the, the Cardinals have always stunk under Steve Kime. But I don't know if, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's an organization. I don't know if it's the owner. But clearly, they're just not cut off for success, man. But that said, I'm going to grab a drink real quick. Let's talk about the Raiders next. The Raiders, um... You know, man, I was one of the people who really, really, really bought in to Josh McDaniels. I loved him. I loved him coming out of New England. You know, you hear all this stuff. You know, he went to Denver, got fired after a season and a half, and you hear all this stuff that, you know, he, he abandons Indianapolis, which was, what, four, five, six years ago, somewhere in that range. It wasn't all that long ago. But he has all these guys write articles about him that he's changed. He's kind of become more introspective, a different guy. And I was one of the guys that bought in. I'm not going to lie. I was one of the guys who just bought in. So I saw him take the Raiders head coaching job. And I said, you know, I had a lot of people make fun of me. I told him, like, I'm picking the Raiders to be number two in the division. You know, I'm, I think they could be number two or three in the division. And I was wrong. I mean, I, I was dead wrong. I don't even know how to say it, man. The Raiders are a dumpster fire. They are an absolute, complete. I mean, it's it's a it's a you know what show down there. And uh, man, Las Vegas. You know, I keep hearing Josh McDaniel say this. He said it in a couple of press conferences. You know, I guess I know he's talked about it to the team, but he's you know we got to find a way to win, or we got to learn how to win. No, Josh, you got to learn how to win. You need to learn as a head coach how to win. And you, I mean, I can't be the only one who was there when, you know, in the middle of all this, let's recount it, you know, last year, 2021 season for the Las Vegas Raiders, a bunch of emails come out. I can't remember what, what happened when, right. A bunch of emails come out and John Gruden is indicated in some of this stuff and he gets fired. He's done. He's gone. Mark Davis says, you got to go. I can't remember. Actually, let me say this. Let me rephrase this. I don't remember if John Gruden stepped down or if he was fired, 
for the sake of this video, I'm just going to say he was fired because I'm 98% sure that's what occurred. But I do want to be careful not tarnish his already bad reputation. But that said, you know, John Gruden left no matter what. John Gruden's gone. Well, then either before or after that, their star wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, kills someone and their dog. And then not long after that, Damon Arnett, who was now again, this is the Damon Arnett thing was not that big of a deal. In my opinion, now for the team, it might have had a much bigger effect, but clearly it wasn't a drastic situation for them. That, you know, again, like I said, that's my opinion. I'm, I'm just selling it as it is. But Damon Arnett gets, you know, whether he posted on social media or whatever happened, dude's in jail. So you have two of your players in jail and your head coach gets fired. Derek Carr, that offense, Rich Passaccia, who's now the head, the, uh, special teams coach for a greatly improved Packers squad. They just pull it together, man. They pull, you know what? I didn't know you know where, and they make the playoffs. Now, do they, they don't win the playoffs. They don't do anything in the playoffs, but they make the playoffs. They win 10 games. They beat the Los Angeles chargers in a showdown game, which was arguably one of the most underrated which was, while it was a fantastic game, again, I'm saying it was one of the most underrated games I've ever watched. It was incredible to watch. I had so much fun. It was a blast during that game. But they make the playoffs. Josh McDaniels has never sniffed success as a head coach. So it's, again, I'm going to say, it, no, Josh, they don't need to learn how to win. You need to learn how to win as a head coach in the NFL. You're not, it's bad. It is a dumpster fire. The organization is a joke. They have made the playoffs twice in the last God knows how long. I remember the one year that they played really well. Carr had a great year. They went 12-4. and four. Obviously, Carr gets hurt, breaks his back or whatever happens. Connor Cook starts that game. I think they lost to the Texans. They might have lost to the Patriots. Who knows what happens. Um, but last year, they made the playoffs barely squeaked by. No, Josh. Like, the Raiders are a dumpster fire organization. Mark Davis, I don't know if he's a great owner or not, but you know what? It is what it is, man. It, it honestly, it is what it is in that stance that the Raiders have not had success, but they, they made it to the playoffs last year. So again, I'm going to say it. No, Josh, you need to learn how to win. I, I don't know what else to say with that. Honestly, like it's a dumpster fire. I did not pick them to go. zero and three. I didn't. Cause I figured, I mean, by God, I figured they would beat the Cardinals and the teams that they've been losing to are not just like, I, and I want you to picture this, right? And I was, I was looking this up. You realize that every team that they've beaten is one and two and you know who the wins are. It's against the car. It's against the Raiders. It's against the Raiders. Every team that they've, that they've lost against, that's their only win on the opposing team schedule is the Raiders. The Raiders suck, man. Derek Carr, you know, I was one to say, I think Derek Carr is going to put it together with Devontae Adams. He's going to be a great quarterback, sneaky dark horse MVP. I was the one saying all those things, and I'm retracting my statements. They look terrible. Their offense looks disjointed. You can't get Devontae Adams the ball. I, if I was Devontae Adams, I would call Aaron Rodgers, beg for forgiveness, and hop on the first plane back to Green Bay as quickly as I can. Because clearly... You know, Devontae Adams goes, you're going from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Stop it. Stop it. Derek Carr's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
I was one to say that Derek Carr is a good player, and he was a great player last year. But is it maybe just McDaniels? Or, more likely, is it McDaniels is not a good head coach, and Carr is just an average quarterback and just has had two decent years? I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. It's honestly hard to tell right now. And I'm tired of making excuses for Derek Carr. I'm tired of making excuses and saying, ah, man, he's just bad coach, bad head coach. I mean, for all the things you could say about John Gruden, the one thing you could say about him is he made Derek Carr better. He truly did. You know, he had that one really good year with Jack Del Rio. He regressed. And John Gruden made Derek Carr a little better. That's all I really want to talk about with the Raiders. I'm kind of exhausted from them already. It's week three, and I'm exhausted of the Raiders. I'm exhausted of watching their dumpster fire organization just take a crap on NFL football, what it's, what it's supposed to be every single week. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in it anymore. I'm tired of talking about the Raiders. I'm tired, tired of seeing the Raiders. It's just bad. Um, You know, one, another team that I want to talk about, man, was the Chiefs. I kind of saw it coming. I talked about it. You know, I think I talked about it last week, actually. It was, a, you know, the Chiefs are not as good as everyone thinks they are. And I'm not saying that they're a bad team, but I'm just saying they're not, they're not this stalwart, you know, that everyone's going to be, you know, oh man, top team in the NFL, AFC champions, Super Bowl locks, man. And I know most people are picking the, the Bills anyway, as am I. But the Chiefs lost for the, versus the Colts. Now, there was a lot of mistakes in that game, a very questionable call. You know, I, I don't, the one thing that NFL does not have going for is just outstanding officiating. I think that's that's been proven over the last, you know, God knows how long. But the Chiefs lost, you know. A lot of teams look vulnerable this week. The Chiefs lost. Tampa Bay lost to a pretty solid Green Bay team, if I say so myself. The Bills lost to Miami. Again, there was just a lot of injuries on some of the top teams. You just saw a lot of injuries. Um, for me, myself, I would still put in, like, my power rankings. If I, I'll do power rankings later. I'll do my top five teams. I would still put Tampa Bay – once they get everyone healthy back, I would still put them above Green Bay, in my opinion. Even though I am a bit of a Green Bay homer sometimes, I get it. I'm there. I'm there with you guys. I'm, I'm spitting these takes out, and I hear myself sometimes. Um, I know I do like I do like my Aaron Rodgers, and I do like my Green Bay. I got the jersey right up there. Um, but I'd still rank Tampa above Green Bay. I think they just have more pieces to the puzzle than Green Bay does. You know, once, once you know, they got Cole Beasley. He's a good Good slot receiver. Um, guys, I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I'm that tired. It's not It's not like 8.30, 8.45. It's like, a, let's see what time it is. It is, I don't know why my phone's not working. There you go. It is 8.42. I honestly don't know why I'm that tired. I did not open. Uh, I guess I opened this morning. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going on this tangent. Uh, I could talk about, you know, normal stuff forever. Um, but that said, I would still put Tampa above the rest of the the you know most of the NFC honestly besides maybe the Eagles, um, but uh, yeah I mean you saw a lot of injuries in the the big stalwart teams you know going back to the Chiefs I was not super surprised that they lost to Indy every good team is going to have that weird loss Indy was not as bad as people thought they were and the Chiefs are not quite as good kind of trap game it happens same thing with the Bills they should have really won that game they outgained the offense Miami's offense by. 200-something yards. Um, I believe it was 225 yards plus. So that said, man, 
I'm not putting a lot of stock into what happened this weekend beyond what happened with the bad teams. Um, that said, I'm gonna I want to talk about you know another bad team. I'm so excited to talk about this because I've been out on Brandon Staley since day one. He's a fraud. I I think the best way to say it is you know I was listening to another podcaster man, very well known, Colin Coward, and he said you know most of the head coaches in the NFL when they get to a team, the first thing they do is take care of their side of the ball. Frank Wright created a good offensive structure year one. Doug Peterson renovated the Eagles offense year one. Matt LaFleur took care of the Packers offense year one. Now there was a little bit here and there, kind of weird, but our offense is significantly better than it was under Mike McCarthy. Bill Belichick, the staple of those those Super Bowls was the Patriots defense, the first three of them. Even the years that they did not win a Super Bowl, the first seven or eight years, their defense was elite. That said, when a head coach takes over a, a, a different team, almost always they initially take care of their side of the ball. The Chargers defense was historically bad last year, guys. Historically terrible. And now... You know, they, they're off they're off to a one and two start. You know, they beat the Raiders. Looking back, not a great win on their resume. They lose to the Chiefs after they, out, they outplayed them. Again, Chiefs look fairly vulnerable, but you should have won that game. Bad situational play calling. I don't love the color and their design of their offense. And then Last week, or the, in the last week versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm just going to call it was that was an butt whooping. They got laid out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I just want you to realize this too, right? Like the Jacksonville Jaguars over the last 24 months, 24 calendar months, have been the worst team in the NFL. And I'm not making this up. They literally had the number one pick for two years in a row. You could not be possibly worse than them. In a two-year stretch, they are up there. Now, 0-31 or the 1-31 the Browns, right? The, the Lions that were terrible those couple of years. It is right there with some of the worst teams in a two-year span that we have ever seen and it's not like they just got all this new personnel now granted last year jacksonville was a complete disaster fraud meyer dude is a loser i can't stand him i'm so glad he's out of jacksonville and trevor lawrence travis Etienne, those guys you know some of the lot of clemson guys on that team you know guys who were on that team got a real head coach now I was one of the first people to say, as soon as they hired Doug Peterson, I said, man, that's going to be a good team. Doug Peterson is a real head coach. Now, did I pick him to be decent this year? Not really. I picked him to be like a bottom five team this year. Clearly, I need to watch some more football um, because they're a lot better than people realize. Just watching their tape, I was watching some of the All-22, man. They are really good. And they're really well coached. That's what is very important with a young team is they just look well-coached. They don't have to be amazing. They don't have to be ballers. They don't have to make every play. They just have to be well-coached. 
And right now, you're getting a little bit of making every play. You're getting a little bit of just balling out. James Robinson, I don't know what they gave him for his Achilles, but they look good. They look very good. That said, I want to contrast that with Brandon Staley. Their team is a disheveled mess. Their team gave up on Sunday. They got outplayed. You know, they they got outplayed, in my opinion, beyond, beyond the two Derek Carr picks that were just terrible. They they really got outplayed by the Raiders. They outplayed the Chiefs, still lost. And then they got absolutely shellacked by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who haven't won more than 10 games, but once in the last, what, probably 15 years? I mean, I remember that. That was 2017 that they won 10-6. And granted, they got to the FC Championship. Blake Bortles played pretty good. That was the last time they were any good at all. So, you know, I'm just saying it, man. Brandon Staley, I don't think he's going to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And the next, I think he's done by the end of the year. I, I You know, Dean Spanos is historically a penny pincher. But, I mean, a lot of people are saying, it, man, spend 15 mil a year and go get Sean Payton and go win some freaking Super Bowls with your star quarterback. I, I don't really understand what's, what's so hard about it, man. Like, you are in Los Angeles. Go win a Super Bowl with your star quarterback. You have Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Joey Bosa on that squad. On the flip side, you got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, who's like a Maserati in today's NFL. Just hire a good coach, man, and stop being such a cheap wad. And go win some freaking Super Bowls with your star quarterback. Now is the time. And, I mean, while we're talking about it, man, like, there's not a lot of excellence in that division. The Chiefs are always going to be good. But you know what's really cool about that is there's a wild card spot. You don't have to beat the Chiefs every year to go make the playoffs. You could split with them, go one and one, have a one game less winning record and win the Super Bowl. The the Broncos look like a complete disaster. And let me say this about Nate Hackett. I'm not a big Nate Hackett guy. I didn't think he was ready for an NFL spot. He wasn't calling plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur was. But you know what? I got to say this. Compared to Mike McDaniels, he's a wild success. They're 2-1. and one. They got a winning record. Now, their offense looks like a disheveled mess. But their defense kicks butt. So, I mean, you know what? You got to give it. Nate Hackett's got a winning record in the NFL. You know, my, with Russell Wilson looking like Russell Wilson for one drive of the last three games, basically. And Brandon Staley, on the other hand, is a complete disaster. He didn't make the playoffs last year. How do you not make the playoffs with that quarterback? It's not like, it's not like the year that the Packers didn't make the playoff with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't play good that year. He didn't. He just did not play well. But you know what happened that year? Mike McCarthy got fired. You know what happens when you have a stalwart quarterback and you don't make the playoffs? You get fired, as you should. That said, get rid of Brandon Staley. Go hire a coach who knows what they're doing. Why would you hire a defensive head coach in today's league? If you're going to hire a defensive head coach, hire someone like Hire someone who you think is going to be the next Bill Belichick. That is all I'm saying. 
right now, think about it. There's only really one defensive head coach in the NFL who's really succeeding. His name is Sean McDermott, and he has an all-world quarterback. Go get you an offensive head coach who can call some freaking plays for your stalwart quarterback, man. I don't know. Dean Spanos, I'm out on Dean Spanos. I'm out on Brandon Staley. Get him out of the building. Go hire a decent coach and go win some Super Bowls. But, guys, I could fire all day. I'm going to hit a couple more topics and then shut it down. But, you know, one thing I want to talk about, let's talk about Tampa Bay. Let's talk about Green Bay. Great game. I was I was super excited. It was nice to see us win a game, actually, um, against a really good team. We do it every year. We have a couple years, a couple games where we just beat a good team. But it was nice to see that we can actually win a game, um, you know, versus a, a top-end team. I do think that the Tampa Bay team is a little better than ours at this point. But Romeo Dobbs showed up, played really well. Um, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. You know, the Tennessee Titans, man, they're in a uh, they're in a pickle right now. They're in a pretty rough situation. They, you know, for a team that was the number one seed in the AFC last year, they got some explaining to do. Um, Ryan Tannehill, guy sucks, man. Um, but you know, I want to talk about some. I mean, you got some big news right now on the NFL. Is Mac Jones, man? Mac Jones, high ankle sprain, likely going to be out for a few weeks. That's not good. That's pretty interesting. Um, the pay, the Packers are going to play the Patriots. I by the by the time we get there, the line should be five and a half, six points. Because no matter, I mean, Mac Jones, the second year quarterback, is not great. He's struggling. By God, what does their backup look like? Um, so that said, man, I feel bad for Mac Jones. He looked like he was about to cry as he was walking off the field. That said, man, that that was rough to watch. I feel bad for Mac Jones, but the, the Patriots are in some trouble. They're in some deep doo-doo right now. Um, you know, one last game I want to talk about. You know, actually, only let me phrase this. I want to talk about the Eagles really quickly. The Eagles versus the Commanders. Nine sacks on Carson Wentz. Do you think the Eagles hate that guy a little bit? I would say so, probably. Um, they hit him pretty hard, pretty quick, pretty hard all day long. They killed Carson Wentz. The the commander's offense looked terrible. Um, I'm not surprised that Carson Wentz got killed. Um, I, I know the Eagles har- harbor a lot against him. Um, apparently, he's just not a good teammate, just a weird dude, kind of self self centered. Um, a lot of finger pointing, finger pointing in there, finger finger pointing in there. But that said, I'm not gonna live on. I'm not gonna live and die on the Carson Wentz story. But Eagles, I think, are the best team in the uh, NFC. They might be the best team in the NFL. I'm not sure I'm going to ready to crown them king yet, but they do look pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you know, the, the last thing I want to talk about, man, are the, the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. That <laughs> Brian Dayball has limitations, and his name is Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones has looked significantly better than he has in the last, I don't know, always. Um, but that said, man, he's still Daniel Jones. He's still not a good quarterback. Still going to make boneheaded plays. I will give him this. The one interception he threw last night, his receiver slipped and hit the dirt. It really was not his fault. You watch the replay as he released it, as he releases the ball. His receiver hits the dirt. Nothing you can do about it. Cornerback slips inside, picks the ball off, ends the game. 
Again, there's nothing you can do about that. I've watched Aaron Rodgers throw bad interceptions. He threw bad interception Sunday. So, but, you know, I will say this about Brian Dayball. The boys looked ready. They looked very well coached, a very buttoned-down operation. Their defense is getting better, which is a huge improvement. But as soon as they get a decent quarterback or someone who he can work with and who doesn't have so many bad habits instilled to him, I think the sky's the limit for Brian Dayball. And I'm excited to see what he can do because when the New York football Giants are good, it's good for the NFL. I want the Giants to be good. I need the Giants to be good. My One of my best friends, Zach, is a huge Giants fan. It's hard for him, been hard for him to watch lately because they suck. But I want to see the Giants succeed. I know everyone else wants to see the Giants succeed who are not Cowboy or not in every team of the NFC East, you know, fans of them. Um, the Giants, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Rush, man, he just he's a baller. He's playing well. Coming off the bench, um, you know, he's there's I'm a, I've always been a Dak guy, not because I think he's more talented, not because I think he's a great quarterback, just because I love who he is as a guy. That said, there's less of a drop off between him and Cooper Rush than there should be, but we'll see when Dak gets back. His first outing was pretty rough versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, but Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks did not also let or also did not let Green Bay score. After the second quarter, um, so that said, there's not a lot. There's not a lot more to hit, man. Um, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna hit my top five power rankings really quickly. I don't feel like doing a big top ten, um, but that said, I'm gonna start off at number five, man. I know a lot of people are gonna give me grief for this. You know, I, I know a lot of people are just saying like, man, the Miami Dolphins number one team in the NFL. I'm gonna hesitate on that. I'm gonna slam the brakes. I'm going to say they are my number five team in the NFL right now. I think what they've done on defense, they have vastly improved on defense. Now Lamar Jackson crushed them, tore them up. If we had to replay that Ravens game, I would say the Ravens win six out of ten times. Um, But I'm taking the Miami Dolphins number five. Mike McDaniels clearly knows what he's doing. He's got the offense rolling. The defense looks good. Um, That said, my number four team in the NFL is are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think personally, they are Super Bowl contenders. I know they do look a little weird. You're missing Mike Evans. You're missing Chris Godwin. You're missing Julio. Half your team's missing, man. Or sorry, not half your team. All three of your top three wide receivers are gone. They're out. So I'm excited to see what happens when Russell Gage is not your number one wide receiver. <laughs> Um, nothing against Russell Gage, but he's not a one. He's just not Mike Evans. That's a one Julio. That's a one for many years. He's not a one anymore. Chris Godwin's an elite number two. So I'm excited to see what happens when Russell Gage goes back to being a number four, like he's supposed to be Cole Cole Beasley is a complimentary piece, but that said, I'm excited to see what happens with that. When all that happens, I think they could really bring it together. Um, I have my Packers somewhere down in the seventh, eighth range. I think there's a lot of stuff they need to fix defense follow ballers but that said i'm gonna hit my number three team in the nfl the kansas city chiefs i think they are still a top three team i'm not you know i'm not you know doing as whatever one of what everyone else is doing for them but i still think 
in a league full of teams that have a lot of question marks because, again, it's September. They're still a top three team. They could beat pretty much anyone at any given time any anyway. They can beat you underneath. They can beat you over the top. They still have MVS, Mar- Marquez Valdez, Scantling. They can beat you a lot of different ways. Their defense needs to play better. Their defensive line, I don't love at this moment. I haven't watched enough of them to just make a definitive statement. But the, their defensive line definitely needs work. Their defense in general needs more needs work. Their offense is just their offense is not going to go every game and score 17 points. They're a 28 to 31 point game team. So I'm not going to put a lot of stock into them losing to the Colts. I kind of called it. Um, I'm going to hit my number two team in the NFL are the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they could be number one, but the Philadelphia Eagles, man, they are just, they're ass kickers. They are playing phenomenal football right now. They, I mean, they swarm to the ball. They're killing the teams that they play against. Um, I mean, there's nothing else to say, man. Nick Sirianni has been fantastic hire for them. You know, talk about first impressions. He did not give a good first impression at all. His first, you know, his his first press conference, pretty much everyone said he's in over his head, doesn't look like he's going to be a good coach. He has clearly got something up his sleeve. He's played, I mean, he's got this team playing awesome. That said, they are easily my number two team in the NFL. My number one team, man, again, I know they just lost, but the Buffalo Bills. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I think it's hands down. It is what, I mean, I think, now I will say this, losing Micah Hyde is a huge loss for them. They have got to find a different safety, or they've got to find a complimentary piece. But Jordan Poyer is an elite safety. Micah Hyde was right up there with him. That's a huge loss for them. They've, they've got to figure something out really quickly. Um, but I think over the course of the whole 17-week season, they are going to be the number one team in the NFL. Thank you, guys. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Oh, man. There we go. I'm sorry, guys. Here we go. I'm back. Uh, sorry. Uh, my fiance is calling. But hit that like. Hit that subscribe button. Guys, I'll see you uh, Thursday.